This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. Peter wasn't ready, as ready as he thought he was. God was doing more work in him. And you know, I think that we can all come to a place where we think we're more ready and more mature than we actually are. You know, someone once said, it's not what's in our hearts to do that makes us a follower. It's what we actually do that makes us a follower. You know, often in professional sports, a team will have a player that's young because of their potential. Sometimes these players will become disgruntled because they have to train and are not able to contribute right away. Well, in today's message, Pastor Troy talks about the life of Peter. Peter thought he was mature enough to do radical things for the kingdom, but God had other plans. Are there times when you feel like God is holding you back? When we choose to follow Jesus, we say no to our hearts and we say yes to what God wants. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John, chapter 13, with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. We're in John, chapter 13, verses 36 through 38, about some insightful answers for a confused follower. You know, as we grow in the Lord, there can be a tendency to come to a place or places throughout that growth of thinking we're there. I understand it all. I'm not doing it all. I know I've got to get something, but, but I'm there. I would never go back to this. I would never fall here. I would never fail here because I've already tasted. I'm there. But is that really true? I mean, according to the scriptures, we can all fall. That none of us, it says it this way, we should take heed lest we fall. We need to be careful. We don't get too much confidence in our own self when we need the Lord's strength to live and and produce fruit in this life. Peter, today we're going to see that he thought he was more than he was. We don't see the fall tonight, but he's told something that he could never see happening, and that is that he would deny the Christ three times. Peter thought he was at a different level, but we're going to look at his heart tonight Because he gives some questions, and you can find out a lot about someone by their questions. I think it takes a a couple of failures, a couple of good failures, if there is such a thing. Humbling moments to sort of check us, show us where we're at. You do know that faith gets tested, right? And the purpose is not really so much pass and fail as to show you where you're really at. I think often we think we're further along, higher up than we thought, because these failures reveal something. And how we respond to these failures is even more important, because will the failure cause you to go, you know what, 
I quit. I can't do it. I'm done. Or will that failure cause you to go, Lord, I need you all the more. Help me. Because even those failures can send you one of two directions. And that reveals some of where your heart is at also. What the quality of your faith is. Now once all of this that's unfolding takes place and becomes hindsight, look what Peter will write. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6-9. through nine. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Now this is the future, Peter. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's future Peter. We've got to back up today. And see, before this, Peter, today Peter's challenged. He is the confused follower who is going to get some insightful answers. Answers that may not make a lot of sense to him in this moment, but they will later on when he reflects. When he looks back, he will have gained so much insight. In fact, we're blessed. We don't have some of the excuses that Peter has uh, or had to not follow the Lord. We have hindsight. We know about the risen Savior. We know about what Jesus did ultimately do. But they didn't know that back then. They didn't see all of that just yet. They didn't get it. So let's see what insight we can get from this interaction between Peter and Jesus today. Look at verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going cannot follow me now but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. So let's first, before we get into our major points, let's talk about the questions of a confused follower. In verses 31 through 35, right before this, the disciples are told by Jesus a few things. Uh, It's a lot to take in all at once for them. One, he's going to be glorified. You know, he's He's not going to be with them any longer. That's all they've known in ministry, you know. And so he says, I'm not going to be with you anymore. He says, where I'm going, you can't come. And then he says, so love each other. They're going to know you're my disciples because you love each other. So he's, he's poured all of this on them. And apparently Peter got stuck on one part, the where I'm going, you cannot come part. Because that's his first question. Lord, where are you going? You can tell a lot about someone by what they hear, by how they interpret, or by what questions they ask. The questions that they ask, that that reveals what's important to them. Hey, we're going to take a left here, and we're going to go there, and we're going to eat here, and we're going to go shopping here. We're going to go shopping where? Where are you going? I I don't go to that kind of place. You know, okay, so shopping, you didn't ask about the food. What if we're going to a place that serves like poison and stuff? You didn't ask, you didn't care. So you can tell a lot about someone by what piques their interest and what questions they ask. And we, we learn something about Peter and where he's at and how much growing he still needs to do by his questions. See, for Peter, he didn't ask anything about, Lord, how are we to love each other better so that the world uh, sees all of this? I mean, what does that mean? What kind of love? 
He didn't have questions about that. He didn't ask about the mission. Hey, once you're gone, what do you want us to do? Who's going to be in charge? How is this going to unfold? He didn't ask about that. When you really boil it down, Peter asks something about himself. He doesn't phrase it for them. He phrases it for him, for me. What about me? What do you mean I can't? Where, where, where are you going? See, the disciples, if you remember before those verses, were arguing about or disputing about who would be the greatest in the kingdom. So they're talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom, and then Jesus, you know, girds himself and serves, and he washes them and says, you know what, guys, do that. The way up is down. And then he starts sharing this, I'm not going to be with you guys much longer, and they take in all of this information. And so Peter is, was among that group arguing about being special, being an insider, and hey, you know, between Peter and John, I mean, that seems like your Super Bowl right there, because they were always part of the inner circle with Jesus. And so Peter, thinking, I'm, I would be one of the leaders, obviously. I mean, he can trust me. We've seen, we've gone special places with him. But now Jesus restates something. Peter's question is almost like he's not on the inside. I didn't know about this. Where, where are you going? Aren't I supposed to know? If someone's going to be in charge here, well, one of us should know. Shouldn't it be me? So his question is, where are you going? Like, I, I didn't know exactly what's up. And then Jesus restates or says this, you can't follow me now. It doesn't matter because you can't follow me now. Don't worry about that. And then he adds, you'll be able to come later. Well, that's not good enough for Peter. So Peter's response is, why can't I go with you now? Lord, I would die for you. Is that not enough? Is that not good enough? I'm ready, is what Peter's saying. I should be able to go now. So why, why don't I have the information why Peter is thinking about Peter? And Peter thinks he's more prepared to go than he is. But see, the Lord's doing a work in Peter and in all of those who follow him. And it's a work of faith. We've got to kind of live a little bit to walk by faith. And Peter and the disciples have a a very special call, and that is to be the foundation of what goes forward in the church from that point forward. Everything will be built upon the apostles. The prophets had shared who Jesus would be from behind. They share about the one to come, the Messiah to come. Here's what you look for. They were supposed to be able to put that together, but they didn't. And so now these, these nobodies... Jesus calls to himself and says, okay, go out and you share what you saw. You share all of this stuff. So the Old Testament points to him. The gospel reveals him, talks about him. And Peter wasn't ready, as ready as he thought he was. God was doing more work in him. And you know, I think that we can all come to a place where we think we're more ready and more mature than we actually are. You know, someone once said, it's not what's in our hearts to do that makes us a follower. It's what we actually do that makes us a follower. A lot of people have great intentions, and they think, I'm good because, well, I intend to. God knows. I got excuses, and this excuse, and that excuse, and reasons, and I just can't today. 
Jesus even told a parable about no one putting his hand to the plow and then looking back is worthy of the kingdom of heaven. They're just making excuses. They're not going to plow. They're not going to work. They're, they're, they're always going to be looking back, going back here. So it's not what's in our heart to do that makes us a follower. It's what we actually do that makes us a follower. Don't examine someone, uh, you know, when they're saying, I'm saved. Uh, don't back off of their need of salvation because they say they're saved. Look at the fruit. If they're not acting like they're a follower, they need to be a follower. And so you pray for them that way. Pastor Troy will return soon with the second half of today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. If you're enjoying the teachings of Pastor Troy Neely and would like more information about this program, we invite you to visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. There, you'll find an archive of previous messages from the verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the books of the Bible. We'd also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, as you'll be able to gain access to the latest teachings as soon as they're posted. That website, again, is buildingonthesolidrock.com. We're blessed to be a part of your life through the teachings of this program, and we pray you're blessed as you continue to tune in. Now, back to Pastor Troy with more of today's message. James said, show me your work or your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Here's what he's saying. He's not saying works save you. He's saying, show me you have faith without doing anything, just kind of saying you have it. And I'll show you my faith, not by saying it, just watch how I live. Watch my work. Watch what I do. Watch how I live. And then you'll know I have faith. And he said about the first one, he said, can that faith save someone? So even the demons have that kind of faith. They believe in Jesus. But they're not followers. So, Jesus gives some very insightful answers to this confused follower about what it means to be a follower of the risen Lord. Now look at verse 36 again. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. First thing we need to really understand is that your faithfulness is expected. If you're a follower, don't be confused about this. If you're a follower, your faithfulness is expected. Not that you're perfect, but that your desire to follow is there and that you follow. He says, where I'm going, you cannot come or you cannot follow me now. Well, where is Jesus going when he says this? When Jesus says this, he's going to the cross and then he'll be raised from the dead. He'll reveal himself to them, show himself for 40 days, and then he'll return to heaven with the Father. So Jesus puts it that way. He only gives enough information. He doesn't give all the information, all the details Because Jesus knows that there's some things we don't need to know yet. We wouldn't do well with. Notice that he doesn't explain it to Peter in detail by saying, all right, Peter. Peter says, where are you going? Well, let me tell you. I'm going to go die a gruesome, brutal death at the hands of our own people. And then I'm going to die, be buried, raise again. I'll reveal myself, let you guys know I'm, 
I'm alive. I'm going to scare you guys a couple of times, pop in on you. And then I'm going to go back up and I'm going to be with the Father and I'm going to lead you guys. You guys are not going with me there. It's not time. You can't follow me just yet because you got some living to do, Peter, and you're not going to die until 67 AD outside of Rome. And that's when you're going to die. Then you can follow me. Jesus doesn't give all that information. That would be way too much for Peter, for any of us. See, Jesus knows exactly what we need and what we don't need. In fact, too much information can make us, well, either lazy or afraid, depending on what that is. Uh, Lazy might be Jesus saying, you're saved, I want you assured, so assured you don't have to do anything. Even if you just live the rest of your life for sin and gluttony and everything else and die, I just want you sure. He doesn't, you read the scriptures and James, that's why I love James, why Jesus had a James who writes, you know, if there's no follow up, if there's no activity, if there's no following, you're not a follower. So you have those texts in there to cause a little concern in those who don't follow because we'd be lazy. We just go, hey, I'm saved, got, I'm, I'm ticketed, I'm stamped, good to go. On the other side, we might be afraid if the Lord said, oh, Peter, no, I got a plan for you. Man, you're going to go, you're going to get beaten up a few times. Man, life's going to be very tough, most of it. You're not even going to feel like waking up some mornings. You're going to be imprisoned. And then, actually, let me use a real life example other than Peter. Let's say the Lord says, I'm going to use your life, but you're going to be taken to concentration camps, and you're going to be hated just for who you are, what nation you come from, and you're going to be abused and tortured and misused, and then when you're older, you're going to live out your days, and you're going to be a light, a ministry for me, and you're going to have aches and pains because of all of that for the rest of your life, but it's going to be a light and a witness, and then one day when you're sharing, one of the abusers is going to come, and they're going to want to hear this gospel that, that you shared, and not know anything about the fact that they had abused you, but you will know. And I want you to forgive them. This is the calling I have for you. You in? Like, uh, can I just like become a great football player and give a lot of money to church? I mean, can I just do that or, or something? See, Corey Ten Boom, that was her lot in life. That's exactly what happened to her. She didn't do anything wrong. They were helping the Jews. Um, because of uh, Nazi Germany, Hitler, in the concentration camps. And she herself went in and lost her father through all of that. Never got to see him again, alive. Their family was torn apart. They lived through this. And she would come out and, and, and uh, follow Christ. She would give her testimony she learned to thank the Lord for things like fleas because, see, they had a Bible study and uh, the Germans were not keen to someone having a Bible. Somehow she got it in. She didn't know it was the Lord. It was a miracle, she says. But they had their Bible studies and the only reason they could continue those Bible studies because the room that they were in was the most flea and lice infested room in the camp. And they were just, her sister was griping and complaining about it. And, 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 and Corey Tim Boone was trying to teach her sister, we got to give thanks to the Lord in all things. I don't know why, but we got to give thanks to the Lord. We got to trust the Lord. 
Well, come to find out they could continue to have their strength built up and minister in this little room and camp because it was so flea infested that the guards would never come in and inspect their room. They didn't want to go in there. God had a purpose and a plan. And then when she's speaking publicly, after all of that, years later, she sees this man has a flashback. He's coming forward. He has no idea that she was among the numbers in, in the prison camp that he abused. But he came back wanting to, she had spoken on forgiveness. And she wanted to, um, or he, he wanted to come and said, he has so much to be forgiven of. She knew. But she didn't want to forgive him. But here he is. Couldn't it have been any other German? But she said she didn't feel like forgiving him. But she knew she couldn't do what she would feel like doing. So as he's sharing his heart about forgiveness and needing to be forgiven, she reached up and grabbed his hand and said, the Lord forgives you. And at the same time, she said she felt like everything that was ice in her began to soften because of her obedience And that she felt a forgiveness, even a love for this man. Like Jesus from the cross, she thought he did not know what he was doing. Faithfulness, when you're a believer and a follower, is expected. We've got life to live, guys. And God will lead us and guide us in that. He gives us his Holy Spirit to do that. But we've got to follow. If you don't follow, you're not a follower. So Jesus' point for Peter is, look, you can't follow me now. You have a life to live. Go be faithful with that. And let me worry about the future. You're going to be with me later. I got that part. After his resurrection, and then when he's about to ascend, the disciples asked Jesus, now are you going to restore the kingdom? And Jesus told them, it's not for you to know uh, seasons concerning this, but you need to go out and be witnesses. We love to talk about heaven. We love to sing about heaven. We, we say we, we can't wait till we're there, almost in an escapist f- format. Like, oh, this life is miserable. I can't wait to be in heaven. But listen, God's purpose is not just to take us to heaven. He's got a purpose for your life here. We've got some living to do. If his purpose was just to take you to heaven, then we would only need two roles in the church. Evangelist, an undertaker. That way we've got a good that would be the usher, the role of usher, undertaker. You're called to be an undertaker to send the others to heaven. But other than that, there would be no, no need of teaching or anything else. Why? We don't need it. I'm saved. But we need instruction because we're also to grow, to become a light, to show the world that they say people don't change. And they're right, because it's who we are. But with Christ in a life, everything changes. So, for those who belong to him, he wants to use your life. Your faithfulness is expected. You're called to be a light in this world. God has a plan and a purpose. Are you seeking that? Do you desire to do what God has purposed for you to do? You're missing something. If you're not following, you're missing something. You're looking for something. You're you're not content. You may be content for a moment, a day. You might find a good relationship for a week. But you're missing something. And you always will. 
because you're meant for something else. And the Lord will lead you and guide you and walk with you through it all because your faithfulness is expected when you're His. And your future is assured. That's good news for us. Your future is assured. Thanks for joining us today on Building on the Solid Rock. We hope you've learned some new things today as Pastor Troy taught through the Gospel of John. If you'd like to hear today's message again, please visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We also have an archive of previous messages available to you free of charge, ready to be listened to online or even downloaded and shared with friends and family. We're so blessed to be a part of your life in this way, and we'd love to hear how you've been impacted by Building on the Solid Rock. Feel free to send us an email at info at buildingonthesolidrock.com. We love being able to connect with our listeners in this way, and your feedback helps us continue to build this ministry. Next time, Pastor Troy will share more from the book of John and express additional examples of how Jesus proved he was unlike any other man that ever lived. Join us then, right here on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come.